the Small Town Big Business. This is a podcast about doing business in small towns and interviewing successful business owners on how and why they thrive in small towns across the Midwest. I'm your host, Allison Hassler, owner of Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals. And I'm Russell Williams, director of Ethos Marion here in downtown Marion, Illinois. We're a small business incubator and co-working spaces. We're glad that you joined us today. And here today, we are with Level 7 Motorsports owners, Jesse and Sean Vaughn. Thank you so much for Welcome. coming today. Yeah, thank you both for having us. We're excited about to be this here. interview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the pre-talk we just had. I we're know. Kind of fired. <laughs> we're fired up. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about the same things that we just talked about <laughs> in our, our prelim time because... Uh, we, we really covered a lot of it already, and I'm super excited oh, about Oh, there's this. a lot more to go. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, I want to know very specifically how you got started. What's that origin story of the Level 7 Motorsports? And maybe it wasn't that to begin with, sure. and where it came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been pretty organic, and really for a long time. Um, so I graduated high school in 2000, and when I was in high school, I already knew that I wanted to own an auto, some kind of automotive related business. You know, so in the 90s, there was a lot of like car audio, like loud stereos and stuff. And that was kind of, when you're young, maybe that's, you know, the elementary level that you're at. You know, you're like, you wash cars, and you detail them and you put stereos in them. So like when I was a, probably a sophomore in high school, junior in high school, uh, just learning to drive, uh, I already knew that I wanted to probably have a car audio shop. So that's, yeah. Early in my you know high school career, I knew that I wanted to, to own a business, and um, so the name came from uh, my dad was preaching. Uh, he was a pastor when I was in high school, and he preached a sermon once about the significance or multiple significance of the number seven throughout the Bible, and yep. one of them was Absolutely. divine completion. And I thought to myself, oh well, I'm I, you know I'm very. OCD about things, divine completion. Like I want to do things from beginning to end, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's level seven motorsports began when I was in high school. Oh, I um, love that. So at least the name did, yeah. you know, um, when I, I moved to Marion right after high school. And so I, I think 2001, I moved here and, uh, I applied for a business license in 2001. Wow. And so I was very young, 19 years old and, yeah. and got a business license. Really? I didn't know how far I would go with that. You know, it was very, a young, hopeful mind, right? And and I used that business license for for years to just get um, try to buy into companies or or get myself discounts on parts. Um, and really, what I was trying to do was build a resume of what I could do, uh, you know, er, early on. So rewind a little bit, probably to eighth grade. No, let's go back a little bit further. Maybe sixth, seventh grade. My dad says to me, "Hey, uh, what are you going to do about a car when you get?" When you get to that age, I was like, oh gosh, I have no idea. And he said, well, just to motivate you, I'm going to match whatever money you save. Right. You know, so if you want to save $500 or $5,000, I'll match it. Yeah. And so right away, I think I sold my dirt bike. I started mowing for my uncle. Like I just started working my butt off. And in eighth grade, I found a truck for $1,500 and I bought it. And uh, throughout those next, I don't know, year and a half, my dad and I redid that truck. Yeah. We p had it painted and we put different tires on it. And, you know, it was, it was a really neat learning experience. Um, and I think right through there is where I decided that I wanted to do that. Yeah. And uh, I drove that truck when I turned 16. Um, I drove it for that year. And then I remember seeing like a Camaro for sale. And I was like, oh, I, I would love to have a car. And so I sold that truck, bought the car, worked on the car, 
sold that car, bought another car, and it kind of gained a bunch of momentum. Yeah. And I remember looking back when I was 25 years old and I had owned 25 vehicles by the time I was 25. Yeah. So what, I, what, what was happening is I was reading magazines and I can even remember going to the library and like checking out books about whatever it may be, uh, body work or engines or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'd get intrigued and I'd be like, I have to try this. Um, so I'd buy something to use as a practice, as an exercise to find out if I could do it. I'd do it, I'd sell that and buy another project. So I can remember being subscribed to Carcraft and Hot Rod Magazine and Dirt Bike Magazine. I was subscribed to like everything that I could yeah. get my hands on. So I was consuming information really quickly and uh, just putting it all into practice. So that's, uh, at, at some point in 2003, I went to Iraq, uh, yep. same time you were there. So yep. 03, 04, and same thing. I used those that year and a half to consume so much, you know, uh, read and read and read and studied. And, and I think that I used that time too, to just understand like what I was going to do when I got back, yeah. wow. you know, how am I going to use, how am I going to, how am I going to start my business when I get back? What do I want to do? And sure enough, I came back and it kind of hit the ground running. So, uh, I think it was probably, Oh, six or oh seven. By that point, I started working in car dealerships. Um, I was still building stuff for myself. And by that point, probably oh nine, I was to a point where stuff was good enough to get in magazines. Yeah. So I was starting to get pretty good. And was your dad still helping you at that time? No, no, I kind of really left him in the dust, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, he he was always into vehicles from a you know, kind of a tinkering you know, maybe he would buy something and fix it up a little bit and sell mm -hmm. it and make a little bit of money, but he never wanted to, you know, it was fun to him, you know, mm -hmm. he, he didn't want to get too advanced and I kind of went crazy, so yeah. to speak. He still thinks that what I do is, is mind blowing. You know, he, I can remember so many times him coming in and being like, this is so far apart. Like, how are you going to know how to put all this back together? And I'm going to be like, <laughs> it's fine. I, I know all this. It's fine. I'll yeah. figure it out. And, yeah. you know, he would always come back and be like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still yet, you know, like he, he's retired now and he comes by our business right. a lot and, you know, mows or changes light bulbs and he hangs out a lot and yeah. he'll see, you know, trucks all the way down to the frames or we're going to ship this one to Australia or, or whatever. And he's like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it makes him nervous to a certain point that we go so far. Yeah. But, uh, so Sean, do you have a similar background or did you just, no, my background is completely opposite. <laughs> um, I went to school for photography and blacksmithing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, when I met Jesse, I was working full time at the hospital, um, and then doing a studio on the side. So I knew that I always wanted to work for myself, um, mm -hmm. and have my own business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, completely different backgrounds, more art. And then he's more mechanical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you also have more of the business mindset. As I far did, as yeah. So I, when I was in school, so I double majored. So I have a mm -hmm. degree um, in liberal arts and mass communications. And then I did a year in grad school. Um, so I took a lot of business-oriented classes. Yeah. Um, I went to the incubator at, uh, at SIU mm -hmm. and did a lot of um, business research. And then I even had like a business plan. Um, yeah. I had done a lot of research um, while I was working full-time, trying to figure out how do I do this, you yeah. know. Um, so I did... A lot more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Jesse really just 100% threw himself into it. Yeah. 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 And so in 2011, um, by this point, I had worked in a management positions running body shops for car dealerships for probably seven years. And that and was here in Southern Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, so I, there was a one year hiatus where I lived in Chicago mm -hmm. and worked at a dealership, a Millie dealership up there. But I came back and worked in Carbondale and 
yeah, pretty much Carbondale dealerships uh, throughout the years. And in 2011, I had got my first real, real big job, you know, a, kind of a restoration performance car build that would probably take me a year of free time. Um, and I remember having, you know, like multiple thoughts throughout, I don't know, probably the previous five years as to, man, at what point do I step off? At what point do I feel comfortable enough to do this? And I can remember having just a, a really difficult day at work in 2011. And I just went home and sat on the couch and I was like, that's it. I'm done. That's it. Like I'm, I've got this job and I have money in the bank and I had already bought property here in Marion and I was going to build a house. And I remember thinking to myself, I've got this money and I've got this job. I'm just going to build a space to build this car mm -hmm. and just at least if it's just a year i've got a year to to test this and see if it's going to work or not mm -hmm. and like i said by that point i had built some stuff that i had gained a little bit of notoriety for my skill set and uh it really took me by surprise that so many people were reaching out in now that i was had built that building right. hey now that you're available can you do this or can you do that and yeah. And uh, I got busy right away. Yeah. Um, but that frustration is what instigated you to, yeah. to pursue a dream. Yeah. And, you know, my personality is very type A. Um, I guess I am a bit of a leader, but I, I have always had a rebellious spirit, too. Mm -hmm. So I always have had a problem with leadership that I didn't understand or that I felt maybe wasn't the best decision making. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of struggle mentally with me yeah. and working for other or running other people's businesses. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was easy for it was easier for me to finally say, okay, I think I've got this, yeah. you know, and yeah. and and so 2012, maybe the first day of 2012 is the first day that I started working out there uh, full time, and so it's been ten years now. Um, wow. Yeah, no, no looking back. Really, it's just gained a lot of steam. Every every year we look back, and it's it's been a big big increase. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when did you two meet, get married? When did the <laughs> kind of the fold in come yeah. of the two business? Because I'm sure you still take pictures, right? And I mean, not not as much no? anymore. She does a lot of <laughs> product <laughs> yeah. the, uh, photography. Yeah, I do a lot yeah. of stuff for our business. Yeah. Um, so you found your That's place in the business yeah. early, or uh, not initially? Not, not no. initially. No. I so we met in 2012 so like mm -hmm. as soon as he had opened his doors is really when we met oh um, wow yeah okay. so i started working in there in yeah. january and we met in march yeah mm -hmm. um and i worked at siu at that point so i was actually assistant coordinator to um, the community art center so i taught classes mm -hmm. um in art um and our, our hours were just really weird um and then, gosh, 2014, we had our son, mm -hmm. um, and he was really busy. So I think it was 2015 mm -hmm. that I quit SIU and started working full time with him. Yeah, because yeah, I'll let you explain. Yeah, well, within <laughs> within three years, um, we had gotten the business had gotten busy enough to where, you know, instead of me working on cars and billing those hours every day, um, there became more and more hours of strategizing. Uh, communicating with customers, ordering the parts. Um, those are all essential to building vehicles, but I'm not billing those hours during those, during those hours, mm -hmm. you know, that's not billable. So, you know, I got to where I was only billing, billing two or three hours a day. And I remember thinking, man, we're spending so much for childcare. Um, and I could really use the help. And we had a conversation. I think that if you quit and if you're willing to work within the company and you take over, you know, the administrative side and the business side, I think that we'll be better off. Yeah. And man, she was eager to, you know, I mean, I think it's always been her passion. I don't yeah. want to speak for her, but to, to, to own a business and, and be more hands-on. So 
you stepped off right away. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah, we just went for it. Um, a lot of nerves. I think it took us six months to do that leap because um, that's that's a big financial leap, especially when you're a small business, when one yep. person mm-hmm. has all those benefits and mm-hmm. um, a secure income to yeah. really take that leap and be like, all right, well, we're on our own at this point. Um, mm-hmm. That was a big financial leap for us. Um, and really, God blessed us. Um, you know, everything's worked out for the best. But yeah. it was hard, I would say, for the first nine months or so of us trying to figure out how to work together, mm-hmm. how do we make this successful, mm-hmm. um, and really and really go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now she... You know, she is such a relief. Me and Dylan are the ones that uh, that build cars. Um, she can handle now everything else. You know, whether it be social media, you know, uh, payroll, uh, answering phones, replying to emails, doing quotes. I mean, she can handle everything else. So it's really freed us up to to do what we do. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what challenges have you guys had over these last ten years? And were some of them because you are in a small town? Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I, I really never, well, I underestimated was I always had a, a passion for the quality and I, and I, we built a very nice building and I'd always worked in other shops that were filthy. And I remember thinking if, if a guy's going to come here and spend $150,000 or more, how would he, you know, if those greasy, dirty shops, there's no way he's comfortable with that mm-hmm. in that investment in that environment. So we built our shop nice. Uh, I, I'm ultra clean and organized. And so my trajectory was always to focus on quality more than anything. And if the client fit that, that's where we wanted to go. If somebody wanted something cheaper or cut corners, we were going to ignore all that. So in doing that, you know, we have led ourselves to an unbelievable quality of um, client um, and project. But we have just continued to shrink our employment pool. Um, and that's something that I never would have um, taken into consideration. Is, you know, maybe maybe the normal backyard mechanic could have helped us early on, and now not at all. Mm-hmm. So there's just a, a small amount of people within the country, really, even that that can that can help and and work with us. Yeah. Wow. So that's something that we've really struggled with. So where um, do you look for both employees and and clients too? The clients really find us. Um, okay. the, we don't have to do anything really regionally for the clients. or no, not regionally at all. No, um, our clients are everywhere. Um, they're international now, um, so we, we we do have we have built some vehicles and shipped them to other countries. Wow. Um, Oregon, we have people that bring vehicles from Oregon, 40-hour drive to here. Uh, I mean, they're everywhere. They're all around the country now. Um, So very little clientele regionally. Um, And then we we just really try to hire from anywhere Mm -hmm. and try to help relocate them. How do you, how do your clients find you? Really, it's social media. It's, It's all social media, whether that be YouTube or our Instagram, um, you know, we've kind of built a, a reputation for ourselves within the industry um, mm-hmm. because of that quality. Wow. And so they find us. Um, I would say a lot of referrals. There are some referrals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if we had a guy that lived in Chicago and had really good success with us, he, he's been willing to communicate that with his friends that are looking for the same service. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so now we've probably got nine vehicles that are booked and waiting. So that'll yeah. be... You know, that's three years of work that's waiting on us right wow. now. So wow. so these are complete rebuilds. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you take every, almost every part down, just For, like it was yep. assembled from the factory yep. years ago, yep. and you completely redo? Like a common situation would be you have your grandpa's old truck. 
but you and your husband would like to use it more more than it just sitting in the backyard right mm -hmm. so they say hey we've got this truck we would like it restored we like all modern drivetrain put in it um make it to like we could drive it like a brand new truck so that's a common thing for us okay now we do our niche within that niche is more the performance side so we do a lot of road racing and autocrossing and mm -hmm. and that's my passion is the racing side of it so there are a lot of those people that say hey we might as well do like 700 horse engine while we're at it you know wow. so so that's that's our clientele so a lot of those projects may be 150,000 and, and then up, we've done some very large projects mm -hmm. um, physically um, that, that are a lot more, but yeah, that's, that's the common situation. Wow. And, and referrals is a lot of that business is the people that you've done work for they're referring, but also maybe the vendors that you have that, that we are do get a lot of that. Mm -hmm. You are the go-to guys mm -hmm. for this. Yeah, And yeah. he does a lot of parts. So we do a lot yeah. of part sales as well okay. for the do-it-yourselfers that may not want their car in our shop, but they know that we know exactly what parts need to go on that vehicle so okay. they don't have to go to the store and buy rebuy stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So we do a lot of parts packages as well. Mm -hmm. cool. Wow. So mm -hmm. like the Amazon of our industry would be Summit Racing. Summit Racing is a large catalog parts company that's been around forever. Okay. Um, they have everything. They're a, they're a wholesaler for everything, but then they retail to, to the normal people. Um, what can happen is if you call Summit Racing or, or you know, um, you could ask for a package to do this mm -hmm. and they may suggest something that that is not going to work um, and with our experience in building vehicles um, people can call us and say i want this package i'll say well that may not be exactly what would work best for you well i'll put a package together that will it's very easy to install you know it, it's great we've had great experience with that so that's where we're getting a lot of part sales success now is throughout our experience of years of building vehicles, we're helping the DIY client in their garage, maybe a father son project only buy parts one time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you go to like one of those catalog companies, there may be a guy on the phone that has no experience in building cars whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So you may buy a product, install it and come to find out there was something that you sh should have bought. So yeah. a lot of those guys are double buying, you know, mm -hmm. throughout the course of the project. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. So that's where we're doing a lot, a lot of business now as well is inter, um, I guess, out-of-state part sales. Mm. Wow. You talked about the client that, the person that has their grandpa's truck that mm -hmm. wants to get redone. Do you have yeah. anything else to add to that? Like what your typical client's yeah. story yeah. is? Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be really helpful right. to help yeah. kind of paint the picture of what you do yeah. and how you do it and yeah. right. why you have people yeah. from Australia contacting you to... Sure. Ship yeah. them back and, a car. and at the introduction, as you're talking, introducing your business and how you got into it. You know, and another common scenario may be that a guy is uh, right before retirement age. Um, his first vehicle was a 69 Camaro right. and it's been gone for 35 years. And then now I'm right here. I've got a little bit of money and that's my dream. So yeah. that's a lot of those guys, too, right. that we deal with. And, so cool. and, you know, they don't have an, an unlimited amount of money. They've got that amount of money that that they'd like to you know, have some fun with. And so that's, that's a lot of our clients as well. So that's why they reach out to us. They know that they're going to spend their money once and then get a vehicle that they can drive every day or go to the Dairy Queen or yeah. whatever. Back to the challenge of employing people and finding people from outside the region. Yeah. What do you say to those people? Cause you said you, you relocate them. Mm -hmm. So what do you say about this place in order to get people to come? Sure. And, and so that's been a learning curve as well. Um, you know, not only that we're hiring or, or what benefits that I can offer, but what 
benefits our area can offer. Um, so we really this last year like devoted a, a page to, on our website, you know, to to positions that are available. And then you know we're even going to do a, a video, like a YouTube video, on the region and some of the hunting, fishing, hiking, restaurants, you know, whether it be tattoo shops or whatever. Yeah. Um, we want prospective employees to be able to look at this stuff and say, man, cost of living's great. They've got great restaurants. Uh, they're good people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I could move. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that we've really had to do is showcase where we're at yeah. and why we enjoy being here. Yeah. Why is that? Why do you enjoy being here? Cause obviously you could work literally anywhere in the we world. Could. It sounds like yeah, and your clients will follow you. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, We've struggled with that, you know, in years past, I would say that currently it's very easy to live in Marion. We're, we're more happy now than we ever have been. Um, but yeah, a year ago, we were in a spot where we said, we're growing so quickly, we need to invest in more employees and we need to invest in more building space. We, we, we want to build a new home. Where do we do that? Do we, do we stay here? Is it beneficial for us to stay here? Or is it a good time to relocate? And we, we did look around, you know, we went to Texas, we went to Tennessee, we looked at North Carolina, we looked at a lot of um, trending areas and Southern Illinois is still really, really hard to beat. And I don't just say that from a, an economical standpoint because that's, that is where we found a lot of reason to stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, if we sold our business, if we sold our buildings and we sold our home now, if we wanted to move to one of those states, we would maybe invest three quarters to a million dollars just to get back up and running and in, in a home. And, uh, mm-hmm. that would, that would be harder. Um, and another thing that we're considering is the people that work for us, we pay them very well for Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, if I move, uh, our labor rates really aren't going to increase a bunch. I'm not going to pay them an extra $20 an hour. All I'm doing is making it harder for them to to have a, a happy lifestyle. So if they could buy a home here for 200,000, that home, that same square footage may be at least double somewhere else. So yeah. we, we've found a lot of reason to, to stay in Marion. Mm-hmm. And you know, the privacy that we have um, living in the country, we, we, we enjoy that a lot. The cost of living is low. There's nothing here that we don't have that another area has either. You know, mm-hmm. um, our kids go to a good school. I don't know, there's, there's a lot of reason why we're, why we're still here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting that you, you realize that it's not just about the cost of living for you. No. It's the cost of living for your employees as well. Yeah. And so that's, that's really interesting. And I don't think that's brought up. I don't think that's been brought up in a, in that way, uh, in our interviews before that it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's about all everybody yeah. that is part of your team. When we considered the chance that we might move before we even looked anywhere, we went and talked to the people that work with us and said, if we ever really do this, is this something you'd possibly be inter- interested in? Mm-hmm. And the answer was absolutely. Wherever you, wherever you want to go, we'll go. Um, but then after a, a lot of looking, we would have made it harder on them. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think ultimately we, we would have been great, you know, um, but I think it would have made it harder for them. You know, maybe they would have had more bars or restaurants or whatever, mm-hmm. um, more nightlife or something, but you know, they would have made the same amount of money and just had to spend more to get the same quality of life, I think. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so, yeah. and you know, throughout our looking, you know, we came back and just said, these are the reasons why we're not going to move. And I think that it's best for you too. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
what resources have you found in this community that's really helped you grow your business? Because we were talking earlier about if you didn't know that you needed a CPA or if you need an attorney, you know, once in a while or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what have you found resourceful here? Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of thought about this question earlier and it, and it was kind of difficult for us to go back and pinpoint that because a lot of things have been fairly easy for us. But, um, you know, whenever COVID first came around, we got a grant, a grant from the city that, that did help. Um, and then everything that we try to do, whether it be hire a CPA or, or hire somebody to help with the website or whatever, um, it's been fairly easy to do all those things. Um, and the personalities of those people that are helping are, are helpful. Um, they're good people. Um, they have time for us and our business and our, and our needs. So, you know, we don't have any complaints and, uh, or, or any real success stories either than, than it's just been very easy to get, get things done in that regard. Good. So the access to resources, access to knowledge. Yeah. 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 And I think that just thinking about that question made me realize that maybe I take that for granted, mm. you know, um, you know, maybe there's people in other areas that, that, that struggle with some of those things. Sure. That's what we're told. You know, I have recently talked to people that are interested in moving here mm-hmm. and they're in a Chicago land area mm-hmm. and they're like, well, you know how hard it would be for me to go talk to the mayor in Chicago. And like, yeah. you're saying the mayor might meet with me here to talk about a business opportunity or property or something like that. Yeah. And they, they were amazed. And yeah. that's, that's number one, really, is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. be able to talk to elected officials or, as you said, mm-hmm. you take for granted that a, the marketing person is so personable here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, like the, the company you use for our website, the, the owner came by yesterday. Yeah. You know, he personally came by to talk to me about our, our phone needs yeah. um, or even our bank. Our bank will stop by, you know, and just say, you know, how are things going? Do you need anything? You know, I feel like that is something that we absolutely take for granted. Yeah. Being in the Southern Illinois region has really, our, through our, you know, bank or accountant or customers, they've really helped us figure out, you know, maybe you should go talk to this person. Here's their phone number. Or mm-hmm. I know this person that can help you. You know, we, you know, one of our, you know, we have a lot of customers that are doctors and lawyers. And, you know, they've really be like, hey, have you ever thought about you needed <laughs> insurance for this? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I had no idea I needed insurance for that, yeah. you know. We've had a lot of that happen throughout, you know, our course mm-hmm. of business. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our customers was a law professor at SIU. Now he works for... He lo- works in the White House. He works in the White mm-hmm. House. But he helped us, you know, just through having business with us. He was like, hey, I think you should look into this. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe you should be an LLC. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should do yeah, this. Yeah. So yeah. just through doing the course, and I think in this, in this area has really helped develop you know, where we are now. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we would be where we are now without no, the customers that no. we've had. And even, even in a big city, the, those relationships would never be so personal. Yeah. You know, they would never be that helpful. Yeah. Like, you know, even when he comes back to town, he's like, Hey, do you want to have dinner? You know, our kids are playing out in the backyard. You know, it's just like really developing those relationships. Um, mm-hmm. They do. Our customers become friends um, mm-hmm. and that small knit community you know, really is what's developed us into what we are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. So you've got a successful business for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. If you were going to start over again, <laughs> if you think about that or not, mm-hmm. but what advice would you give to your younger self? Or, or in other words, what advice would you give to maybe a startup? I think to ask for help early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that I was ever arrogant, but I don't think I understood the 
the scale of what I was attempting to do, you know, or, or, or where, what areas I really needed more help from, whether it be legally or, or, or whatever. So I think that I would go back and be like, Hey, reach out, get all this help early on, iron all this stuff out and it'll make the next five years mm-hmm. smoother. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think the stress of finances too is a lot, what, um, a lot of small businesses struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesse had the ability to, have a little bit of a nest egg that you yeah. be you got to work off of. Mm-hmm. When I started my small business, I still worked full time. Mm-hmm. So right. you know, I worked uh, at a hospital full time, and then I switched over to SIU. I still kept a full time job while trying to do yeah. my business on the side. Yep. So I think just having that security of if I have a bad month, I still have this income. Yep. Um, really helps push people. I think a lot of people just be like, all right, well, I'm gonna go for it. Um, and then they don't have that security. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. that is what a lot of small businesses. Yeah. And we've had a lot of people ask, ask us that within the industry, like, Hey, I'm, th- I'm thinking about stepping off. Um, what made it easy for you? And excuse me, my question is always to maintain low overhead. Um, you know, if you if you start with a, a ton of debt, you are going to have to do things to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no debt um, and I built, I bought the property. I was able to take out a very small loan to build my first building. And so I needed to, for the first few years, produce a quality of work that was much more valuable than what I was charging for. And, and not having that overhead is what me, what led me to be able to do that. You know, if you had to make a a payment on a building for $3,000 every month, you know, you don't get to have that creative freedom that, that I was able to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I've been able to communicate that a lot with, with younger guys that are trying to start up. And the tough thing is that, you know, um, student loan debt is, is hard for some mm-hmm. people. So they're starting out with, with debt. They're going to have to buy a building, you know, they're, they're going to start out in a tough spot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was lucky enough to, you know, have good parenting and, 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 and get myself in different situations where I had a little bit of cash to start. And, uh, and that's a huge thing I think mm-hmm. is just setting yourself up to not have to succeed day one. Right. You know, sure. give yourself a few years of financial freedom to not have to make the money, Pro- right. prove yourself and then the money will come. Yeah. You knew that your quality was more valuable than what you were charging out, mm-hmm. but yet you kept it at a certain level. It sounds like for a little while, yeah. uh, to build that portfolio. Was that an intentional strategy that you used? Yeah. And yeah. do you recommend that for other industries, I do. other I do. entrepreneurs? I do. And I find that our clients appreciate that. Um, that's still a, a philosophy that I follow every single year. Um, everything, there's price increases at a lot in our industry. Uh, yesterday, there was a 5% increase in the brake manufacturer that I use. So there's constantly increases, increases, increases. And there's a lot of clientele that have other shops build vehicles and they say, man, their shop rates $120 an hour. I'm like, how many hours are they discounting? How, how much are they taking away and where does their value come in? Um, so our labor rate is maybe half that. <laughs> so, um, what, what I try to do is say that the cost of our labor is dependent upon my efficiency and my skill set and the tooling that we have. Um, if, if it takes me, two hours to build this bracket this year, and I can build this bracket in 10 minutes in the future, then the rate increases, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of other businesses don't follow that same philosophy. They say that I bought a $4 million building and I have a secretary and a, and a business manager. Um, we're gonna have to be at $120 an hour. 
And I, and I think that that's what turns a lot of clientele off. They say, where is the value in what I'm paying? Mm-hmm. And with us, it's the, it's the quality of our work, uh, the quality of how we communicate. Uh, we invoice every Friday. We, we show that we bill for one nut. Um, you know, we provide a very high quality in everything that we do um, and charge accordingly. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I focus on every single year. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've loved learning about your business. Uh, I get, I don't yeah. think I knew anything about it until I knew you were going to be here. Well, and thanks. so we watched yeah. some video and I'm hoping that we can splice some video in on our yeah, podcast good. too. That'd be, well, we want to thank you, uh, Jesse and Sean Vaughn from level seven motorsports for joining us today. We'd love for you to be involved in the ethos, small business incubator. I think your knowledge and experience that you just shared with us would be great at helping other people get startups going. And so if it's okay, I'll call upon you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That'd be awesome. (laughs) So we want to thank you all for joining us today. We want to thank our guests for joining us too. And also our sponsors for making the small town, big business podcast possible. We want to thank Fowler heating and cooling, uh, the Arcadia wealth group, the black diamond, Harley Davidson and RV, the watermark auto group foundation, um, the Southern Illinois vacation rentals, Swinford Media Group and our producer, Union Street Arts. We want to thank Luke O'Neill, the owner of Union Street Arts, for producing our podcast, and David Williams for being our podcast production manager. As always, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as listen to full episodes on YouTube. And we ask you to subscribe to our podcast so you can get the releases every two weeks of a new podcast episode. And we want to thank you for joining us. And if you want to know more about the Small Town Big Business Podcast or even the Ethos Small Business Incubator and Coworking Spaces here in downtown Marion, you can go to www.ethosmarion.org or reach out to me, Russell Williams, and that email address is russell at watermarkethos.org. I'm Russell Williams. And I'm Allison Hassler. Thank you so much for listening.